you so much for listening to our podcast today at Word of Life. We know summer is busy with traveling and all things fun, but we have good news for you. You can stay in church even while on vacation through our online campus. You can watch live on Sundays at 10 and 11.30 and get fed throughout the week with inspiring articles, message series, and so much more at thelifeonline.cc. Thank you for listening and enjoy the message. Hallelujah. Oh no, these things get me happy, so forgive my smile, but God's just been way too good. Hallelujah. So, I'm going to ask you to sit down. I do have something that I believe uh, God has, I say, I say actually placed like he doesn't do it, but it's just one of those things where I wanted to go another way. I texted Pastor Joel because I know we've been talking about Moses these nights and I've been enjoying like the whole series on Moses. I like to learn about people in the Bible. I like Moses because he's, he's a big screw up, right? <laughs> and so if God could like liberate his people and do everything that he did, with Moses, it just gives me, you know, it just gives me uh, things to be thankful about. But today we're not going to talk about Moses. Uh, I, I want us to talk about, there's like a random noise somewhere. There's like a hum, maybe. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I, oh, I want us to talk about, there you go, it's disappearing. Uh, no, it's not. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I want us to talk about miracles tonight. And I, I want us to, I titled it, How to Think Like God. And I do want to start with this verse. It says Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 11. And the whole heart behind this message, I hope it's not misinterpreted. I hope you don't think it's something more than it is. Uh, What I want us to talk about is to realize that we are meant to live in the supernatural, that the supernatural should be something natural in our life. Is that only me or is there like an actual hum somewhere? It's the air conditioning? Okay. It just wasn't like that last week. I'm sorry. Isaiah 55, verses 8 to 11. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts more than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So now now God is not saying here that He's just far smart. This is not like a moment where God's just trying to prove himself. Like it would be a weird flex for God to be like, just want to remind you, I'm better than you. Like we know, like we know God is better than us. And this is not what he's saying. He's not saying that we cannot have his thoughts because they're so much higher. He's making us understand that we are not thinking like him. And I believe that we we make the mistake sometimes in life to excuse ourselves based on our humanity instead of accepting that we're not normal human beings anymore. But the Holy Spirit lives inside of each and every one of us to to the point where uh, we're supposed to be Christ-like. Actually, the church in Antioch was the first church to be known as Christians is because people could see Christ through them. They could see something supernatural through them. I'm not saying we go to the reservation 
river now and just learn how to walk on water or, or go fishing and topple boats over with the amount of fish that we have. But I am saying that we, we need to start to think how God thinks. Isaiah 8, 18. And today, tonight, I'm going to give you a lot of Bible, a lot of scripture, because heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will remain. And so my stories might come and go. My jokes might come and go. But what we need is the word of God tonight. And what we need is the word of God for our life. So Isaiah 8, 18 says, here I am, and here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. I want, I want us to read that really slowly because it says something very important about the expectation, the thought that God has about you and me. It says, here am I, it's God, call it God talking, and the children whom the Lord has given me. And it says, we are, talking about us, we are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. The word of God says that we are made for signs and wonders. It is an expectation in heaven that his sons and daughters have signs, wonders, and miracles in life. I'm not saying we go crazy and we all buy like a, a white jacket and start whipping it around to people i mean i like what oswald Chambers says you know be, let god be as original with you as he is with others so i understand all that but the fact that the supernatural lives inside of you is still the same the fact that Romans 8, 11 says that the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in you and gives life to your mortal body is still the same. It says that the same power that Jesus has, now you have. To the point where Jesus said in John chapter 12, uh, in John chapter 14, verse 12, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, this is Jesus talking, the works that I do, he will do also. It says, those that believe in me, Jesus, the works that Jesus did, the one that believes in Jesus will also do. And then it says, in greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. Jesus is known, that, so, there, so we're going to go into a little bit of biblical interpretation for tonight, but I think it's necessary. Jesus is known as the first fruits. He's known as the, the last Adam. And what this means is in, in Hebrew culture at that time, it's an agriculture culture, if that, if that makes sense. And what, what would happen is the, the first fruit that would come out of the season basically indicated how the rest of the season was going to look like. So if the apple was big and, and juicy then they knew they were going to have a good season because if the first apple was good it meant that the rest of the apples were good the first if the first watermelon was nice and ripe then they said okay so then we did plant well it means that the rest of the fruit is going to be planted well well when jesus is known as the first fruits of this new generation talking about you and me it's the prototype of how you and me will also look that we are Christ-like, that just like Jesus wasn't scared of lack, just that Jesus wasn't scared of persecution, Jesus wasn't scared of infirmity or sickness, Jesus was not scared of it because he knew the power that worked inside of him. And just like that, our prototype, it means we are supposed to react the same, talk the same, walk the same, and have the same results. So I know this is pushing it a little bit because... 
Well, I mean, we, we, all, we all know what we do behind closed doors, right? We all know, like, we know what Jesus did behind closed doors, and maybe we're not doing that. But I, 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 wanna, I, I just want to push this idea a little bit more. John 14, 10, it says, Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. So now we see something. We're supposed to be, I'm going to repeat myself a lot, but hopefully we understand. We're supposed to be like Christ. If Christ is our protocol, Type. If his results it can be our results, if his power is our power, if his Holy Spirit is our Holy Spirit, his call is our call, his design is our design. And so then, then let's look at what Jesus would do. And Jesus said he did not just talk on his own authority, but when he talked, he talked based on God's authority. He, he would communicate what God would tell him. I believe in today's day and age, in our life, that's what we should be doing too. We, we talk a lot about what other people say but we should be talking about what God has said we should that that should be the first thing that is coming out of our mouth that we see what the news says we see what social media says but we believe and we talk about what God has said that heaven and earth will pass away but his word will remain so whatever is happening the economy might be going crazy inflation might be going crazy but that will be done on earth as it is in heaven I am blessed because I am have you I am blessed and if I need to go fix and find coins in the middle of fish that's what I'm gonna have to do but I will not lack for anything because the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not lack for anything I'm not really screaming today I'm just very loud there is a difference and hopefully we understand so if Jesus said it's not him but the father in him that is doing the work the works of God Jesus knew that in his human ability he wasn't going to be able to do it but in his godly opportunity that he had of letting the Holy Spirit work through him he was able to do exceedingly abundantly above says John chapter 21 verses 25 verse 25 it says and there are also many other things that Jesus did which if they were written one by one I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written amen I like how John ends it he's like and that settles it Jesus did way too many things to write down don't expect me to write them down that's what John was saying but I, if Jesus had enough miracles to fill all the books in the world and we're expecting the same thing it, one what I want us to realize is it's not that hard see sometimes we, when we think about it we're like oh man I'm gonna have to be praying 12 hours a day in order for that to happen and oh man I'm gonna have to and that's a works mentality and it wants to get out of that it's not by works you receive freely by grace the Holy Spirit already lives inside of you you didn't earn it you didn't fight for it you didn't work for it Jesus paid the price so that you can have access to the throne so I want us to change the way we think if you believe in him the works that Jesus does you will also do in greater because you because Jesus goes to the father and I believe that's what's missing in the capital C church today is we need to have more miraculous things happening in our life what I like about the word of life is we do. And sometimes we just forget to talk about all the miracles that happen. But starting in COVID and getting a new campus to this campus also, like in two years, uh, achieving what we have achieved as a church, being able to send a million dollars towards missions. And, and we're not even half of the year, you know, like all these things. This is miracle after miracle happening. We have healing school and in healing school, we have people that are being healed, whether it's from like a wheelchair, crutches, headache to the 
the, like the whole spectrum. God's doing things in this church. And it's because we have decided to believe in him and, and to expect it. And if you get anything from this, if you fall asleep in the next five minutes, just remember this. Expect the miraculous. If God lives in you, expect it. When you're on your car, expect it. When, when you go to the mail, expect it. This is one thing that Carolina and I do all the time. We, we mess around, but we're not messing around with it. Every time one of us goes to the mail, we're like, so are you going to go get the $100,000 check? Or am I going to get the $100,000 check? And we go and ah, we laugh. It's like, oh, it's still not here yet. Ah, FedEx, you know how it is. <laughs> but I've come to realize, why not? Like, why not? Why, why, would it, why would it be so crazy? Is it because I don't deserve it? I probably don't, but I don't deserve salvation, and I have it. So this is not cockiness. This is not pride. This is just, this is just the word of God, that if he gave me Jesus, how is he not going to give me the rest of the stuff in order to fulfill the purpose that he has for our life. Now, there is a purpose. There is like a north. There, there is a, a way. It's not just, you know, now we all get Ferraris and you get a Ferrari and you get a Ferrari. Hey, no, no, this is not based on what we can obtain. This is based on who Jesus is and who we are in him. And because we have him and because his Holy Spirit lives in us, it, all we have to do is start to change the way we think. That I'm not going to be scared to go put a tank of gas anymore. Why would I? The Lord is my shepherd. Like I, I, don't, I don't base my reality on, on what my bank account says. Is that would be depressing sometimes. You know, because this is the truth. But I base, I base my life on who God is and with my faith that I have in him. The, the word of God says, hey, I'm going to, I, I said I wasn't going to do this and now I am. I'm going to skip forward and I'm going to skip back. Uh, but Philippians 3.20 says, For our, citizen, our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So number one, the, the Bible, when you receive Christ, the Bible says that you're a citizen of heaven. So you're not even like full-blown American anymore. Imagine that. It's like, it's like my, my baby Amanda. Like she's, it's funny because never in my life would we think that we would have, like we were married in Colombia, lived all our life in Bogota, Colombia, in the north of Bogota, in the place called Usaquen. Like I'm telling you, like it's as Colombian as it gets. And then we see, <laughs> we, we, we see Amanda's birth certificate and it says Rankin County, Mississippi. Right? That's like this. There's no way to escape it. But let me tell you that that, that blue passport, it, it, it gets you places. It gets you places that our, our little brown passport from Colombia doesn't. There's just different access to it. There's a different treatment because you have the blue passport. Like, it, it, I'm going to say it pays to be an American. Like, God bless America. God bless Amanda. Amanda you know, is blessed because she is American. Like, full circle. But more than that, the, the, the word of God says that we are citizens of heaven. It, it, just to give you an example, I, 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 we were, I was talking with a friend back in Colombia because it's like tax season in Colombia in this, in this time. So we were talking, and he was just kind of like a little bit depressed because he had to pay a bunch of taxes. And I told him, bro, there's this thing in America. It's called a tax return. And he was like, what? The government gives back money? And I'm like, bro, I mean, this is what they do here. I don't know. And like, and I told him, and they actually have these things called stimulus checks. And like, let me tell you about the stimmy. I mean, it's like, it's a revolution here. And he was like, I mean, it was, he just couldn't believe. 
And then he said, man, you're so lucky you have that blue passport now. And I, as I was thinking of that, I was like, no, 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 I'm not lucky because I have a blue passport. I'm lucky because of what the Bible says. I'm a citizen of heaven. Like, God, God doesn't give out stimulus checks, but what God gives out, trust me, is far better. And you don't know anything, and it doesn't affect inflation. I mean, it's like, it's, it's the full thing. But let's read further on. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. So not only are you a citizen of heaven, but now you're an ambassador for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you in Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I got the chance to, well, I've, I've had the chance uh, to go to Cuba and to go to Venezuela. It, it, two countries that there, there's a lot of poverty, there, there's a lot of economical problems. I checked today to see the ratio or the difference or the uh, currency exchange between the dollar and the Venezuelan Bolivar, uh, Bo Bo Bolivar and it's 500,000 to one. So for one dollar, it's 500,000 Bolivares. Like it's, it's <laughs> like, they can't even, can't even imagine that. It's just too crazy. So there's a lot of poverty, but well, I was in Cuba, same deal. There's a lot of like economical problems there. And so you get used to seeing just very, very old cars, 1950s type of cars, everything. They're pretty cool if you're a car guy. It's a cool place to go. So I'm not, but I like the cars. And so I was watching, watching, watching. And then I see, but back at the time, it was like 2018. I see a 2018 Mercedes-Benz go by. <laughs> So just, it just like caught me off guard. I'm like, that's not supposed to be here. Like, like you guys only have 1950s cars. Why would there be a 2018 Mercedes? Like the full thing, it was, I mean, like there was multiple thousands of dollars put in that car. So I asked, who is that guy? I mean, who is that guy who's living obviously a different life than everyone else here? And they're like, oh, no, he's the ambassador for Russia. Yeah, he just, he, he. He's got all the money. And so I'm like, well, take me to where he lives. And where he lives, it's a completely different house. Like, it just doesn't feel like Cuba. It feels like Miami. Like it just, you enter in and it's like a whole, dip. they have Coke, they have McDonald's, they have all these things in this little compound. And I'm like, well, praise God. Like, bless Russia. And I remember, uh, I, I, I remember 2 Corinthians 5.20, and there's one thing that's very interesting about ambassadors is that ambassadors don't base their economy based on the country that they're in. They base their economy on the country that they were sent from. And it's the same idea, it's the same thought process for each and every one of us that I, I, we don't have to base our economy based on the economy where we are living in. We base our economy from where we are sent from. So we are ambassadors in heaven, so that's what we should be checking. Like we should be calling and checking, are, are the pearly gates still there or did you have to sell the pearly gates? Like are the roads still in gold or are you like exchanging it for silver? And guess what? It's not changing, it's ever increasing says the word of God so that way as an ambassador you get to chill you really do you get to live a life of faith and that is what faith is we call those things that are not as though they were it's not just you know naming it and claiming it it's having faith in God that you know that he is your supply that he will supply that he is your shepherd that it is in him you have your trust and he's the one that's going to make it for you so you you are fine you get to be that guy that's living or that woman, that, that person that's living a completely different life in the midst of economical trouble because you're an ambassador. I, I, I'm trying to push the thought of believing for 
the miracles in the miraculous life. That this, this can't be strange to us. And so one thought that I want us to, to think about is that God's power is able to do things out of nothing. That God does not need precedent in order to create something. He does not need your permission to create things. He doesn't need the economies or the countries or the people's permission to do stuff. He gets to do whatever he wants, and what he wants to do is good. And, and, and so let me give you a few uh, thoughts and proof from the Bible. The first one is found in Genesis chapter 1, where it says that God said, let there be light. So God literally, he created light before he created the sun. Uh, why? Because he's God. Like, that's really, like, that's a, the one powerful flex. He's like, I, I know that that doesn't, know that that doesn't make sense, but there's going to be light before there's going to be a sun because I am God. So he doesn't need a source. He doesn't need, he is the source. So he's like, let there be light. Cool thing about it is he didn't even mention the process for light to exist. He never said, let there be neutrons, protons, and electrons in order for there to be friction, in order for there to be light. He said, let there be light, and everything that was necessary for there to be light was created at that moment. So God never explains the process of how you're going to be more than the conqueror in Christ Jesus, but he says that you are more than the conqueror in Christ Jesus. So whatever victories need to happen, whatever losses need to happen out there, whatever is necessary, for you to be more than the conqueror will happen because just like God created light before the sun, he will make you a conqueror even before you can see yourself being a conqueror. Because that's just who he is. That's just so, like so cool to know that he is not limited and he lives in you. So that's why, so that's why it's, it's easier. See, sometimes people think you get cocky. Like when you start talking about faith, that's like, oh, that's a lot of pride. Because you know I walk, you know I'm, I'm blessed coming in and blessed coming out. But when you know who God is, there is no other option. Like you are blessed because you have God. And wherever God is, the stuff that is not even created can be created. I don't know what's necessary, but I know that he is here. And because he is here, it's just going to happen. And I've seen, like, in my dad's life, I've just seen miracles. I've seen miracles from, you know, overabundance and checks coming in to prices slashing in half. I know it doesn't sound super spectacular, right? Like getting the, the coupon for 50% off, but that's just as big of a miracle as getting double the money that you need. I mean, it's just, but we let him do that. There, there's another example. I can give you further proof that God can create things out of nothing. Second Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Uh, I don't know why, but I've been like binging on Elisha uh, lately. So just reading all of Elisha's life. Because it, it is said that Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah. And what's cool about let me just preface this with, oh, uh, Elisha actually had, uh, let's say, just to give you the number, Say Elijah had done 50 miracles. So Elisha, when he died, had done 99 miracles. But it is said that he had the double anointing. So he needed one more miracle in order to, like, be double. And so what's cool is, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but where his bones were, this guy had died, and they threw him where his bones were, and then the guy resurrected. Like that's so, so when I read this, I'm like, I got, this guy knew something. This guy knew something about how to live in the miraculous. So 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 6 says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. That's a long thing. 
uh, certain women of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha saying your servant my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves so Elisha said to her what shall I do for you tell me what do you have in the house and she said your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil then he said go borrow vessels from everywhere from all your neighbors empty vessels do not gather just a few and when you have come in you shall shut the door behind you and your sons then pour into it all those vessels and set aside the full ones so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out now it came to now, now it says that she had nothing right so where is she pouring this oil from out of nowhere literally out of nowhere see there, there is a kingdom mentality that i think we have to tap into more that our economy our resource our ability does not come from what we can see it, it comes from his kingdom it, it comes from the kingdom we represent it, it, that that he can create it out of nowhere where is all this coming from it says, it says he start, she started to pour it out and now it came to pass that when the vessels were full then she said to her son bring me another vessel and he said to her there is not another vessel and so then the oil ceased now we could talk about the the importance of, of contending and pulling and that as long as you keep pulling there will be continual supply as long as she had more vessels to fill there was more supply and i think that's another message and i i, I don't want to get into that but i just want to point out that that she had no oil she met the man of god who was anointed and then there was and then she was in the oil business like literally like no oil met the man of god met the presence of god and now she had an abundance of oil from nowhere it wasn't like people started bringing the oil it wasn't like they found a vat of oil that they had forgotten it, it out of nowhere from the same place that light was created and the sun was created from the same place that peter went out to fish and there was no fish and then all of a sudden there they, there was an abundance of fish that changed the economics of the whole coast from that same place came all this oil so peter changed the economy the whole coastline why because there is an inexhaustible supply for you if you believe in the kingdom of god if you believe in the holy spirit that lives inside of you let's keep going first kings chapter 17 verses 8 through 16 told you today is going to be a lot of word and i'm happy because the, the word is what we need it says then the word of the lord came to him saying arise go to seraphath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Seraphath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in the jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for it myself and my son that we may eat and die. So that's, I mean, there's a lot of intensity in this story because they're literally preparing their last meal. I could never imagine preparing my last meal. I'd be crying, like, completely. If I knew I was going to die right after this meal, I would never eat that meal. But anyway... And Elijah says the commentary by John Romick. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. Sometimes when this is taught, it's not that 
people don't teach this part with it, but we do sometimes skip right over this real quick. But the reason why she was obedient was because she had a word from God. So we, we, don't, we don't move into things just because we want it to happen. We move into things if we have a word from the Lord first. That, that's, that's, a, that's like an easy pattern to follow. Follow the word of God. The Holy Spirit will never guide you into anything outside of the word of God. So if it's not in the word of God, just stay put until you find it in the word of God. And then you do what the word of God says. So it says here. That for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Again, same question. Where did this oil and where did this flour come from? Out of nowhere. So I think we're, we're catching a pattern here that, that God has provided time and time again out of nowhere. So Ephesians 3.20 has been so big on my heart because I, I understand we, we work for things and there, there's, there, there is supply in that. There is blessing in our work. But at the same time, it says that now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. So it's talking about God doing more than we could ask, doing more than we can think. It is saying that God is able and willing and probably will do things that you even haven't you haven't even asked for, that you haven't even thought of. That that's how good God is. And so it's hard. To just think about that but then when you're reminded of stories like you know bread being being multiplied out of nowhere because they're literally i mean you it's 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 not like everyone just got a smaller bite right it's not like they, they just bought a lot of water and try to mix it with the oil it's not like they just found another vat of flour in the back and they're like oh we were about to die and we had all this flour in the back no they had nothing they met god and then they had everything and where did it come from? Out of nowhere. See, it is not our job or responsibility to figure out how it's going to happen. It's just our responsibility to thank God because we know it's going to happen. How's it going to happen? I have no idea. Is it going to happen? God said it would happen. So now I'm just in a cheerful expectation of what God is going to do in my life. Psalms 92 verse 12, it says that the righteous, talking about us, will flourish like the palm tree, grow like a cedar of Lebanon. You know, it is said that palm trees, not only are, are they resistant to adverse circumstances, if you like to see, I, I like to see uh, National Geographic and stuff like that where it talks about hurricanes and stuff. And the one thing you always see in the beach in a hurricane is, I mean, th those trees, they're, they're bending, they're bending, but they're still there. And I believe that that is a testimony in us, like when the hurricane of inflation or economical crisis is blowing through our life. I mean, we might be bending. I'm not saying we're not, but the devil's not taking me out. Not at all, because I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. In him, I have trusted. In him, I have believed. And until God says I move, I'm not going to move from this place. I mean, I mean, he can blow all he wants, but it's not going to happen. And again, this isn't pride, but it is faith. It's a cheerful expectation. It is also said about palm trees that they're one of the trees that produces the most from any tree. 
to hear it not only from uh, coconut to the oil to, to the bark to everything that they produce. It, they're very productive trees. And it says that the righteous man, the righteous person like you and me, will be productive in life. That there will be things produced in your life. From where? I don't know. Apparently out of nowhere. But again, it's not up to you and it's not up to us to decide, to think. All, all we have to do is believe. Deuteronomy 6.11 says that houses, this is the blessing that was over Israel. And the Bible says that the same blessing of Abraham, you know, can come upon us because of what Jesus did on the cross. That he was cursed on the cross so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon us. And part of the blessing that was upon the people of Israel, check this out. This is, this is incredible. It says the houses will be richly stocked with goods. Amen. But not only is it good that they will be richly stocked with goods, but it says that the houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. That, that just speaks on the goodness of God. Now, I'm not saying go quit your job tomorrow because that would be crazy. That's why at the beginning of this message, I'm like, do not misinterpret what I'm trying to say. Like the Bible says, consider the ant, you know, let's work, let's be productive in life. But it, this is not based on power nor might, but our life should be based on his spirit. Is what Zechariah says. So it says, the houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig. And you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill in this land. How many just thank God for that verse right there? I mean, seriously. I mean, you don't have to clap. You can just say thank you. I mean, like, thank, seriously, like, thank you, Father. Because the, the life that God has prepared for each and every one of us has this connotation to it. And why? why? Why is his burden easy and his yoke light? Because that is the testimony that we carry. That because we have Jesus in our life, even though we go through tribulations, even though we go through trials, we can take heart because God has, Jesus has overcome the world. That we might be pressed but not crushed, right? Persecuted but not abandoned. Like that this is, this is our reality that we might go through storms in life, but we're still standing, we're still here, we're still productive we're still blessed because we have the word of God and it's on his word that I am standing today that nothing is going to move me from this reality that there are things that God has prepared for my life stuff that I can't even imagine that are going to happen stuff that I haven't even worked for that is going to come to me because I am a son of God and you can't take that title away from me no one can and I'm talking about you. I'm not just talking about me like, oh, John David, you're going to have such a great life. No, you are too. If you believe. That's why Jesus, he would turn around to his disciples. And every time they, they would be so surprised at what Jesus would do. And time and time again, he would turn around. And it's like, guys, just have faith in God. I'm not asking you to go study all of this. And, like, it's good to study. It's good. I'm, I'm, just have, I'm just asking, just have faith in him. Just believe in him. Rest in his promises. Just rest in, in the fact that he knows you, that you know him, that he lives in you, that, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if you ever find yourself with some time, start to think about what happens in heaven and get excited. Numbers 14, 28. I promise I'm, I'm going to finish. I just want to give you as much word as I can. It says, now tell them this, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. So there is power in your words. And so 
we know that God can do stuff out of nowhere. We know that there is like this kingdom economy that we can tap into. Now, the question is, how do we tap into this? How, well, what did the disciples do to tap into this? What did the widows do to tap into this? You know, what did Jesus do to tap into this economy that, that is a heavenly economy that resonates on earth? Well, what did they do? Well, the first thing that everyone did was they checked what their mouth was saying. Because just like Job, it happened and that he got what he was saying. God says here in Numbers, whatever you, I hear you say, that is what you will have. So God wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly above, but he is limiting himself to what you are confessing over your life. Because the power of life and death is found in your tongue. The power to make things happen out of nowhere is found in your tongue the power to cause disaster to come into your life is found in your tongue we sometimes give way too much credit to the devil where it's like oh the devil just took stuff away from me and the devil's took stuff and he's attacking me and stuff and that, that has nothing to do it has to do the power of life and death is found in your tongue in my tongue in things i haven't said or in things i have been saying in, in, in things i have that have been resonating in my mouth that i have been hearing on the news and everything and why do we think it's our call to tell people what we saw in the news right because that's all i would did you hear the news did you see what the gas is right now the price and gas and, that, and i'm not saying it's bad to talk about these things but i'm not saying it's really good to talk about these things all the time when the word of god says to, to think of these things everything that is good everything that is pleasant everything that is of good testimony think of these things what we believe and what we say is completely connected out of the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak the kingdom backs whatever you say. Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is in heaven, for which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's finish with these. Matthew 15, 29 to 31. It says, Jesus departed from there. I, am, I really am going to finish if you guys want to come up. Because uh, if you guys don't come up, I'm going to continue. <laughs> yeah, tell them, tell them. If, if you have a musician beside you, you're like, go, go now. Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 to 31 says, Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up to the mountains and sat down there. The great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed. So let's just think of this right real quick. A maimed person is a person that doesn't have a body part. Can we, because that like, I know that's a broad definition, but can we agree that it has like some, like if you're maimed, it's because there is a body part that doesn't exist in your body anymore. Whether it was amputated, cut, you didn't, you were born without it, but there, there is, there, there is something that should be in your body that is not in your body. And that's why you're maimed. Okay. And so why am I talking about this? He says, and many others, and they laid them down at Jesus feet and he healed them what does it say and he healed them so we understand the lame the blind and the mute happening like they have ears you know they might have eyes they just can't see you know they they have vocal cords they just can't work them i guess but what about the main people have you ever thought about those healings where, where did those healings like what happened literally things that were not there were there because if you were to heal a main person like i know i'm being very like I'm trying to dumb this down and I don't want I don't mean it that way but if Jesus healed the main person it means that 
the kingdom power is not only to make economical things happen out of nowhere, but it's also powerful enough to recreate things even in your body out of nowhere. Again, well, I, I don't have to strive for this. It doesn't mean that I have to graduate from like Bible college and Bible school in order to obtain this. This is again, this is the power of God. And why am I, why, why am I talking about all of this? Because I want us to believe for the supernatural. And I, I wanted us to have an idea of what we can believe for. And, and this is, none of what I said is out of the Bible. This is completely in the Bible. Jesus healed the blind, the deaf, the mute. But he also healed the, the, the maimed, which means that literally arms were growing. Think this, when he healed the lepers, one part of leprosy is people's body parts, especially their extremities, also fall. So it says that when he healed the nine lepers, there, there's some that came back, and, and then they said that he restored them, which means that they weren't only healed from their leprosy, but their extremities that have fallen and that they didn't exist came back to life this is the power of God that we are talking about today and the, I, and the reason I'm trying to be very positive about this thing is because I don't want this truth to be overshadowed by the shouting and by the screaming and then we forget why we shouted and we screamed I'm all about the shouting you know me but I want to pause enough for us to think, oh my goodness, or oh my God, really, because it's our God. And thank Him, because that power is available today. If He made, if He, if He can make it out of nothing, if He can make it out of nowhere, if He can recreate it, if it's impossible, and yet He's done, and then He says in His Word that He doesn't change. And so not only does his power not change, his ability doesn't change either, but his need and want to doesn't change either. When people would ask him, it's like, hey, can you heal me? And he's like, yes, I can and I want to heal you. And that's the same thing. And I know we usually get to these points where this is where we pray for the sick and they recover and yay. But I, I want you to take this and not just make an experience out of it, but make it a lifestyle. Make it a lifestyle where you expect the impossible constantly and consistently. Jobs that shouldn't be yours, you, you claim that in the name of Jesus for His glory, right? Healings that doctors have no cure, like sicknesses that doctors have no cure for, you claim that in the name of Jesus. Because if it doesn't exist, it is right in God's wheelhouse. It is perfect for Him because what is impossible for man is possible for God. There is an inexhaustible supply for you if you believe in the kingdom of God. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And last, 1 John 3, 8, in the Amplified, it says, But he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the devil, takes his character from the evil one, for the devil has sinned, violated the divine law from the beginning. Now here's the reason. This is what Jesus does. The reason the Son of God was made manifest or visible was to undo, destroy, loosen, dissolve the work the devil has done. In other words, Jesus came to undo and remove the evidence of things that the devil has done in your life. So I believe that we should believe 
that all evidence be removed in our life evidence of lack it's removed in the name of jesus evidence of past sickness we declare it now today in the name of jesus it is removed and it is dissolved in the name of jesus the stuff it's happening right now whether you believe it or not whether i'm screaming or not, it's happening in the name of jesus i believe there is there is sickness that is being removed in the name of jesus there is generational curse that is dissolved in the name of jesus you don't have to be poor because your parents were poor because you were born in a different place because you were that it, it is all evidence of that being ever in your life can be dissolved removed completely taken care of because of who jesus is that wherever jesus is manifested all these things are erased everything that the devil has tried to do in your life bring in your life attack you with jesus can dissolve today in the name of jesus because we walk in the miraculous because we live in the supernatural because the supernatural lives inside of us so we're not claiming it and just you know faking it till we make it we're believing and we're declaring the word of god that because of jesus the reason the son of god was made manifest was to undo so we declare that stuff the devil brought in our life is being undone today it says that jesus came to destroy so we declare that it is destroyed in Jesus' name. The Bible says that he came to loosen those things that the devil brought. So we declare today that it is loosed in the name of Jesus. It is dissolved in the name of Jesus. There is no work that the devil has done that will remain in your life in the name of Jesus. And that is our testimony. That we walk by faith and not by sight. That we walk in victory over victory from glory to glory. That we walk and we are blessed coming in and blessed coming out we are like those trees palm trees the devil could try but there's no thing moving us today because i am found in him i am engrafted in him and god is the unmovable god god is the unshakable god and in him i find my being in him i find my purpose in him i move in him i am so it is not crazy to believe for the impossible so i want to challenge you today let's stand up real quick and let's let's just try it out what do you have to lose if it's out of nowhere you don't even have to think you just have to think literally that I, that just came it was crazy but you don't you don't really have to think about these things you just have to praise god for them. that god just like you did all those crazy miracles in the past I ask that you move the same way today in our life, Father. Because there's a lot of debating that can go on, even in your family. I feel that that's, that's the story for a lot of us. There's a lot of family debates. There's a lot of family debates in my family. And it just, it, it's tiresome for sure. One thing that I love is when I start talking about miracles, there, there's nothing you can say. It's like, it's like the blind guy, the blind guy in the Bible where everyone's trying to attack him and he's like, guys, I don't know about your debate, but I think I know one thing, I was blind and now I can see. So, so fight with that, fight with the miracle. And I believe that as we pursue, as we contend for these things, even today, I would, if you, if you did come in with a sickness in your body, I'd check today. I'd check right now if you want to. So I know the, the power of God is present today to heal, to restore, to dissolve 
any evidence. And whatever that is that you that the devil is attacking you with, that the enemy has brought into your life, just cast it out in the name of Jesus. Say, I mean, it, it, you, you've been living rent-free for too long, devil. Now you got to go. You got to go because Jesus lives here. And wherever Jesus is, you, can't, you, don't have, you don't have space. I'm sorry. Go on to the next. Ephesians 3.8. I promise this is the last one. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, exhaustless. I, I love a good adjective, right? Riches. It, the New Living Translation translation says the endless treasures available the wealth which no human being could have searched out that is found in the kingdom let, let, let's just this is what we're going to think him about because while we thank him in his presence we access unending boundless fathomless incalculable exhaustless riches of christ what are the riches of christ it is wealth which no human being could have searched out in other words, there are things that God has in store in his storehouse that there is no way you could work yourself into those riches and into that life because God wants to give it to you. He has prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. It's there. It is available. So instead of trying to work for it, instead of trying to force it into happening, let's just flow with the leading of the Holy Spirit. You will find yourself in places you didn't think you could reach. And other people obviously can think you could reach. And that will be your testimony. That you are where you are. You have what you have. You're doing what you're doing. All because of Him. Well, let's say that one more time. That you are who you are. You're doing what you're doing. You, you're going to be where you're going to be. Because of God living inside of you. And that is my testimony. That I, it's not, I, I'm not nothing special, but man, God, that's God's grace upon our life. That's his favor upon our life. So Father God, we just thank you. We thank you because John David finished, but we also thank you for just the, the riches of your glory. We thank you, Father, for your presence. We thank you, Father, because of what we find in you. Thank you, Father, that Finding you is like finding a, a treasure, a spoil in which we rejoice. Just like, just like Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a man that finds a treasure in, in this land. So he sells everything to buy the land because the man recognized that the kingdom of God was more valuable than everything that he valued in life. So Father God, we just thank you for this, that in you we find everything that we might need. And we don't have to strive for it. There is a peace that passes all understanding when we have faith in you. That we're not, we're not fighting for it. We're not struggling for it. We're just entering into your presence with the joy unspeakable and full of glory. With the peace that passes all understanding. Acknowledging that it is in you that we find everything. That you are the creator of the universe. Out of nowhere you can do it. So we don't know how, we don't know when, but we thank you that it's you. So we praise you tonight and we give you all the glory. Come on, just praise him tonight. Raise your hands and just give him glory today. Just lift your hands and then lift your voice and just for a few seconds, give him glory. Give him thanks in advance, Father. We thank you. We thank you for who you are. We thank
are doing in this place. We thank you, Father, for healing. We thank you, Father, for prosperity. We thank you, Father, for peace. We thank you, Father, for joy. We thank you, Father, for reconciliation. We thank you, Father, for favor that surpasses anything. We thank you, Father, for grace. We give you glory, Father. We give you glory, Father. Come on.